Hey, let's go get a bite to eat. I've heard that a million times. And almost a million times, I've had a great dining experience. Sure, there's been times when the food was terrible, the service was not the best, but that has never soured me from adventuring out and finding good food. I'm sure a lot of you listening right now are thinking about your favorite restaurant. Is that restaurant the best because they serve great food? Maybe it's because the service is amazing. Maybe it's the ambiance. Whatever the reason, we often don't consider the entire dining experience. We get lost in our own impatience when waiting to be seated, or we get agitated over the smallest of things because we're just too hungry. Lately, it seems we've lost our sense of restaurant indulgence. Well, not today. How about you put your name on the list, order some drinks at the bar, and let Emron and I seat you in the best mind space for dining out. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I am again your host, Evan Johnson. I, I've I've brought back with me. Uh, you know him. We know him. We love him, Mr. Imran. Imran, welcome back. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate you. I never know if I'm going to get another invite. You know, back. So well, it's touch thankful. and go this time. You know, so that's... thankful. <laughs> I think you ran. I you ran out of your first three or four options. So I was there. Yeah, 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 three, three or four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you ever wonder if you are like the third, like when somebody invites you to do something, uh-huh. like, hey, I have a ticket to this concert. You're like, wait, did they text me? Yeah. Was I the first person or was I like the eighth option? Uh huh. Uh huh. When when I was in high school, uh, there was a um, we had a German exchange student, and he was a nice guy. We were on the same tennis team and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then just out of the blue, he's like, hey, do you want to go to a Blazer game with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And and we went to this game. I drove. Uh, I had to pay for my ticket, you know. And then and then uh, he tells me, he's like, yeah, I asked so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. And then I, and then I got to you. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, like, I, yeah. <laughs> at least it was a really good game. I, I could at least That's go. It was, we had fun. We had fun. But it, I try yeah. not to think about <laughs> what option I was before I get the invite. Because if I did... It would drive me nuts, and I'd be like, and I wouldn't want to know, and then I'd probably ruin it by asking, and then it'd just become uncomfortable <laughs> for everybody. So, just assume always that you are number one. How about that? It's like they say in the Matrix, like ignorance. You know, when he's eating the steak, and you're just uh-huh. like, this is a, this is kind of a fabricated program. You just yep. pretend like it tastes good, and it's there, and like that's what you gotta do. You just yep. pretend that you know we're in the Matrix, and just that's roll right. with it. That's right. Sorry for the listeners that don't know what that is or haven't seen it. You should. It's, <laughs> they should. Yeah. Conceptually, I mean, it's probably the best movie in the last The most original. And, yeah. and, and again, and again, we're a little off topic, but it's fine because everything, you know, kind of integrates together. But that movie created the concept for like so many other movies in the next 20 years, which people oh, yeah. are like, oh my gosh, Inception was amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's basically The Matrix re-envisioned with yeah. some other... You know, like 
I've yeah, had that yeah. conversation with somebody. They're like, oh, well, I've never seen The Matrix. So I'm like, exactly. Like, you think Inception is like, it's cool. Inception's great. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely created the concept from the concept. If you watch Inception, you're like, oh, yep. wow, this is like a different yep, yep. way to look at The Matrix. So Yeah, anyway. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You know, it's funny. We can we can segue right off of that because of two things. One, you talked about when that, when that character was in that restaurant enjoying steak. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. And so here we go. We're, what we're talking about today is we're talking about the restaurant experience. We're talking about uh, what, I've, what I've titled this episode about dining out, whether it's with friends, family, uh, you know, by yourself with your with your significant other, whatever it may be, but having that experience, uh, uh, going out, eating some good food. Hopefully, you know, we'll 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 talk about that. Uh, eating some good food and having great service. And what does that mean, great service? And how how do we need to communicate and and treat our the people who are serving us this food and taking our orders and all that sort of stuff? And and Emron, you spent a number of years in the restaurant industry, and so I'm, I'm sure you've got all sorts of stories, not only obviously hiring these employees that uh, are going to serve. So many. Um, and, and did you ever have to fire anybody, by the way, from... from uh, Unfortunately, the, the, the least fun part of my job, yes. Yeah, okay. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't frequent, but yeah. it was, yeah, it happened, and it was, it's, yeah, it was the least fun part. And we were all about second and third chances. We tried to create, sure. you know, reform and help people learn from mistakes. But, you know, at a certain point, it's like holding people to a standard. So if like you have 10 employees and one is constantly like making the same mistake or holding everybody back or not showing up and not getting subs, everybody else can be like, wow, why do they keep letting that person get, yeah. a, you know, do that? And like, yeah, we work with people. And then at a certain point, we have to part ways. Because, you know, we're better off going a direction without them. They're better off going a direction without us. And that's the way you got to look at it. But anyway, yeah, that's that was one of the aspects of what I did for five years. So, what was the what was the turnaround, general turnaround for, let's say, the wait staff? Uh, you know, because yeah. the, the kitchen is a whole different animal with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the people that are working back there and stuff. Yeah. But with, with the servers, you know, what kind of turnaround? Would you get somebody for, you know, six months, a year, three months? You know, what was kind of like we the... Great question. We were really lucky. We, I mean, I don't know if we were lucky. I took pride in, in being able to evaluate and hire for the type of culture and character we wanted. So we mm -hmm. actually were really lucky. Like we had, our retention rate was ultra high. Like we had, uh, our wait staff was like one year plus was like 70%. Like we, oh, had, wow. we had very low turnover, but you're right. Like in the restaurant business and bars, that it's a revolving door typically like it's they hire constantly week to week they're always hiring and training mm -hmm. and there's people quitting and leaving and it's just kind of a there's there's a quantity model higher in quantity and there's like a try to hire in quality and really invest and try to create uh longevity with your employees and so anyway that was always my philosophy but um we had we had we were we were fortunate and um it, i think that that is it just depends on your company, your culture. If the if it's if it's enough money for the 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 employees to do what they need, whether they're part time student and make money outside or live and pay their rent, mm -hmm. and like we were able to put people in positions where they could get the compensation that they needed according to like their schedule, their desire for hours, and I think it worked out on all those fronts. And it just happened to be like that. Yeah, over the course of four or five years, like we had a lot of consistency and. Um, yeah, and that was with hosts, that was with uh dishwasher busters, that was with uh 
servers and mm -hmm. you know management too our our floor managers were like stayed for a long time and okay so but yeah it, it, just to give you a side note the reason one of the reasons i think that restaurants struggle sometimes when you're going there's like disorganized or it's it just seems in disarray it's a lot of it is like yeah new hires and people who aren't there for a long time it can take that can just be tough for restaurants because they don't servers maybe don't know the menu they don't know the protocols the steps of service they are acclimating they're new and it's constantly new people trying to train and so i mean that just can create a lot of challenges the more consistent you are it's like going into a friday night which is the by statistically the biggest night of the week for restaurants in the united states mm -hmm. you just you can go in there confidently and be like oh i have four people working tonight on this floor that have been here for a year and i've like don't have to be nervous about yeah. like oh i have to really make sure that person's okay or peel off or schedule extra or you know like everybody's pretty autonomous at that point yeah. but if you have a restaurant that's constantly turning over that friday night can be a dumpster fire yeah know, yeah yeah and and you know the pandemic obviously shifted a lot of things in the restaurant industry and and i was thinking while you were talking there i mean before the pandemic you, you might hear once in a blue moon oh hey this is you know i'm i'm newly solo out here and taking your order and stuff like right. that and yep. now it's like every other time we're dining out it's like well i'm new here and yep. and you know all this stuff it's like holy cow and yep. um and and it's just a, a stark reminder that you know, A, I don't know if, even if I was brand new, I don't know if I'd tell the customer that. It's sure. kind of a weird dynamic. But yep. uh, but at the same time, it's like uh, we've got to understand that this is a thing now. And, and the patience that a customer, from a customer's perspective, we've got to grow that. You know, there, there's yep. so many times that people get frustrated with their with their service. Yep. And uh, for all you know, well, now we're, we're, we're hearing it a lot more, but for all you know, this person's brand new to being solo uh, yeah. out there on the floor, and they're trying to get a rhythm and trying to get things going. And it certainly doesn't help if you're getting agitated and upset with every little mundane mistake that may, they may make. Well, it's like you always say, I'm jumping ahead to the, to the last part of the show sure. but you say look around and then like yeah. i went to costco the other day i was shopping and then we decided to get um uh lunch on the way out right yeah. Ooh, but it costco was like hot dog yeah totally it's pizza <laughs> and all that stuff so yeah, yeah. It, it's really busy at lunchtime at costco i mean it's just yeah. ridiculous so there's two people back there there was two people there was like one trying to get the pizzas to come through the oven and rack and then there's another one at the register pulling tickets and trying to fill orders and like yeah. You could just see people were asking, like, hey, is my order ready? Like, people yeah. were very impatient and, like, disgruntled. And um, it just very – and so, again, it's like, look around. Like, there's two people back there. And yep. there's, like, the whole lobby's full. Like, there's there's a ton of people. So, it's like – I what I had oftentimes wondered is, like, I went up there and I was just like, good luck with the rush. You're doing great. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. say that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I know it's, it's crazy in here right now. You're doing great. Everybody's happy. But it's like – I mentally know, like when I push my order on that self-order kiosk, like I know, like I'm like, I'm going to be here for a little bit and yeah. it's not that person's fault. Like, right. And so that's what you exactly what you're saying is like, look at the situation, like look at mm -hmm. your environment. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a lot of people and small amount of staff mm -hmm. 
do the math. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and if you're not willing to wait, wait, get out and go find another restaurant. Totally. You know, yeah. it's 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 yeah. uh, uh exactly. you know, obviously they want your business and whatnot, but I I would imagine they wouldn't want the frustration even more if that kind of makes sense. Like, you know, like if you're not satisfied waiting 30 minutes, like uh, like uh, uh happened to me the other day, we we mm-hmm. ordered food from a um a Thai place and mm-hmm. we we did a, a takeout order and I went in there and there was a person at the counter and she was holding a menu and I thought, oh, okay, she's about to order. I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, right afterwards, it'll be my turn. No, no, she was picking up an order and this huge box comes out. I mean, like like a, a cardboard box full of food comes nice. out and, the, and the, the host sets it down in front of her for her to take and she goes, what's in there? And he's like, what's in there? It's what you ordered. And she's like, no, I, I want to know specifically. So he's like, okay. He grabs the receipt and just starts going down the receipt of everything nice. that they fulfilled. Yeah. And she goes, ooh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to need to order some more. <laughs> and he goes, and he looks at her and he's like, okay, well, I mean, we, we've got a long queue right now. It's going to probably be like 40 minutes before yeah. you get something else. And she goes, sure. She goes, well, I'm not, I don't want to stay here 40 minutes. Can you just, I'm already here. Can you just make my food? And I, I'm standing there going, are you serious, lady? <laughs> yeah. Like, get your food and get the hell out of the way if you're not willing to wait 40 minutes, yeah. you know? And the guy, to his credit, he was like, no, I'm sorry. We can't do that. You know, it's not fair to the other cut. He was being very patient, very polite with her. And, yeah. and then she got a little snippy. She was just like, well, can you make us a couple salads? I mean, will that yeah, go yeah. quick, you know? And yeah. he's like, and he goes, and he compromised, you know, he goes, all right, yeah. sal- salads I can do. I can get you that in a, sure. like a minute, you know? And so she said, all right, I'll take a couple salads. Uh, but I, again, you go back to what we've always said about the show, what you just brought up is, you know, like, take a look around. It, this yeah. is a, a tiny restaurant that oh, yeah. has eight tables. Four of them are filled. So they're, they're half filled and they're not just, you know, filled with like one person sitting at the table, like whole families. There's six people over at that table. There are four people over there, you know, and, and I'm sitting there and I, the, the, the real shitty part of it is I could see my food. And I'm like, I just want to pay for this and leave, lady, like get yep. out of the way. So, you know, look around at what's going on here and, and what's going on in the situation in, in the restaurant and be be aware that these are humans too. These are people here totally. trying to work for you, cook you, again, hopefully good food that you're going to enjoy and want to come back for. And, and right now, uh, with the way the industry is, there's going to be weight. If you yep. don't want to cook food for yourself – then join be the, patient. the be patient and join the club yep. with everybody else that you're, you're gonna have to wait this show everybody this is kind of a, an announcement for everybody this nice. show stemmed from one of these situations for me about waiting mm-hmm. in line to get some elephant ears at the zoo and the family in mm-hmm. front of me walks up and the, the only thing this place serves is elephant ears and soda pop and this person walks up and goes all right what are we gonna have like mm-hmm. you don't have a choice. If you wanted a choice, go stand in a different line. We've yeah. all been waiting to get our two elephant ears at a soda yeah. pop, you know, like, yeah. you know, and, and that's what literally sparked in consideration. Everybody was me standing in that line going, wow, are you serious? You were in line 20 minutes with everybody else. Like you don't know that she, she even asked for apple juice for her kid. Nice. And the person was like, we don't have apple juice. Yeah. The menu is right here. We have yeah. soda pop and, and elephant ears. So, um, you know, look around, please mm-hmm. judge this situation. Um, 
Tell me about. Uh, were you involved with uh, with hiring uh, chefs as well too? Like yeah. the cooking staff. Okay, mm-hmm. and how's that dynamic? Because I'm assuming they've got to like cook for you and stuff, right? Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it it's a totally different culture back there. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, again, look at me. I was a college professor thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna help out with this childhood oh, friend. By the way, we project. should probably mention it's a brewery that, that yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it specializes not in food and drink and in, in right. drink, but not the food side. But mm-hmm. it's like I just learned it's a crash course for me when I got into that business because I didn't know anything about culture in the kitchen and the front of house and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, hiring chefs and cooks was it was it was more challenging for sure because it's people that that you know have a certain specific skill set and you want competent hardworking people mm-hmm. and you want reliable people mm-hmm. and it's just a, it's a very niche unique type of person and makeup and wiring that you're looking for in that works in that position yeah and and meshes um, with the culture that you want to right also and, yeah and, uh-huh. and kitchens historically and again this is all stuff i learned so you know you can refrain from throwing tomatoes at your at your screen and whatever you're listening <laughs> on here but uh-huh. it's like the the kitchen culture is very sort of it's very hard and jaded and not politically correct they're just language that's used and Mm -hmm. things that are entrenched in sort of the approach and the wiring of how they treat each other so they're very direct they they don't talk nicely to people and that was a big that was a big project to try to convince. And I did, I, I I really do believe that we successfully hired people and we had our head chef sit down and said, Hey, look, we're not gonna, we're not going to communicate back and forth with kitchen staff and chefs who are making, preparing orders and wait staff who are asking about orders or fixing it. Or if there's a mistake, nobody's gonna, you know, belittle or put down or swear at or raise their voice at people because it's just, that's just, and that's the culture. That's what has been done for years. And that's, I think, part of the reason why you have breakdowns in the restaurant business is like just that it's community, it's interpersonal communication, treating people with respect, being able to talk to somebody like a equal human instead of thinking that you're more important or they're less important. And so that was a big one is just, we just made this rule. We're like, if there is a blow up, we are going to address it. And it's going to, there's, there might be consequences. It's like a no nonsense, no tolerance. Like we're not going to deal with people who are, you know, treating somebody else like they're more important or less important than they are. So that was a big obstacle. And again, I think that overcoming that cooks and chefs came into our kitchen and stayed for long periods of time. It's like, wow, this is different than where I've worked before and people talk to each other and they respect each other. And I would go into the kitchen and help and learn. And I would go in there and wash their dishes. And they were like, well, this guy's like the director and he comes in and does wops floors. And I would sweep in the middle of the rush. Cause I know I'd get crazy in there and I would do things that they were just like, Oh my gosh, like, why is this happening? And I would yeah, do it yeah. to prove a point. Like I'm not better than you. Like I'll yeah. come scrub stuff that and clean, you know, underneath the sink and whatever. It's like, so we had this approach to try to create a culture that that uh, wanted that sponsored retention. Like you, you should stay here, and here's why: you're gonna have better physical and mental health working in an environment that's healthy. You know, yeah. and I think that's that's part of the. Well, you can tell when you go to a restaurant and your order comes out wrong. There's a communication breakdown. There yeah. was somewhere the server, the chef, the 
dynamic there. They didn't check. They didn't double check the order when it was coming out. Mm -hmm. And that should never get to your table and be inaccurate, you know? And I think that's just a lot of times result of the dynamic of, do they have the line of communication? Is it working? It must not be. It's broken down. People aren't talking to each other. So there's a lot of different layers to what happens before your order gets to your table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so people typically when the order gets to their table, like you're saying, they don't react well when yeah. something's... Yeah, because ex- they're they're enclosed in their own experience. And if, if their dish isn't to their liking, it's yeah. everybody else's fault and all that sort of stuff. And, and right. you know, let's let's take a... Let's, uh, let's boil this down a little bit and let's take a step back where, uh, you know, you've got these people back there creating. I mean, they are making dishes. Mm -hmm. They are putting their personal touches, putting recipes together, putting, you know, whatever it may be for your enjoyment. And so I can relate to that just by, I mean, right here, this podcast, I am creating something for somebody else's enjoyment. So you take this kind of pride in every single thing that you put out. And so when it comes back, not exactly right, or, or, you know, something went awry because of communication or something like that, Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to take that very personally and, and possibly lash out. And so I, I can, I can, I guess in a way view, uh, that culture in kind of a a very specific lens of like, yeah, they're, they're going to be very proud of what they're creating and mm-hmm. they're going to think everything they're pumping out if they're a competent chef everything that they're <laughs> pumping out uh is is going to be gold and sometimes it's not and and sometimes it could be gold but it's not to the customer's liking so it could be yeah. a real blow and a, and a punch to the gut when something comes back and like nope this isn't good enough and already now they've got to move that to the top of the priority which creates stress because yeah. uh, you know these people have already ordered they're waiting for their correct food i mean it just kind of all uh boils over one thing i want to add to what you're saying is just mm-hmm. for again any listener out there who like look look what's going on on the other side like mm-hmm. that especially with the holidays coming up like you know day before thanksgiving is super busy because no one wants to cook day after yeah. thanksgiving same everybody's in town we all got to eat yeah and it's like you got to think about the people who are being scheduled for those days like and even yeah. on thanksgiving like they're working on days that you're getting to enjoy going out and having days off like yeah. wait staff doesn't get those days off they don't get thursday friday saturday sunday off thursday right. friday saturday sunday a lot of the, for a lot of them is like super busy uh-huh. and so so that's one the other thing is like servers are people i think what goes a long way is to communicate with that server like they're a, a valuable person that you respect you know and i think a lot of times people it just like this robot subconsciously this robot's going to come take my food and drink order i'm going to snap at them if it's not good i'm gonna tell them what's what i'm not gonna say please or thank you i'm gonna be demanding you know and like i'm mm-hmm. not saying everybody does that but those even if it's 30 percent of your customers do that that's too much you know yeah. so yep. i my advice is always like think about that server's you know ability to multitask manage multiple tables work for long periods try to pay their bills and they're trying to do something and they have they are you know like it's I just always try, and again, I think that's one of the points of the show. Like, we're trying to put ourselves in a position to be considerate of others when they're, you know, again, in this case, in the food and hospitality service industry. Like, how can you make their day better, possibly? How can you talk to them in a way that was like refreshing and mm-hmm. ask them what their favorite thing is on the menu, even though you may not order it? It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, they, look, my customers today haven't even stopped to ask me a question or what I like and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I recommend. And um, so, you know, 
I just I just always recommend like asking a question, having a dialogue and thinking about I always 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 consider how special it is people that work nights until 10 p.m. they have families and they're missing time with their families or yeah like i said on holiday weekends where they're working and they're not getting to be home kicking back relaxing because they have to work and pay their bills and do it in a different way you do and Mm -hmm. something that we all enjoy and expect and love which is going out to dinner at a restaurant which is such a valuable awesome thing and it's not going to be perfect i think that's the other thing that the, it's not the server is not responsible for perfection like they are going to try their best to get you what you need to get and they're they're doing most most situations they're doing the best they can they're they're hustling they're making maximum effort and but they can't like there's just certain things that are out of control if it's if mm-hmm. it's like i said on a friday night between 6 and 8 and 9 p.m that's like prime time restaurant go out to dinner time right yeah so if you go out to eat just a this this is a PSA. If you go out to eat between six and nine PM on a Friday night, just expect that you're gonna wait forever to sit at your table mm-hmm. and then you're gonna wait an extra long time for all the steps. Because yeah. every seat's full and everybody's maxed out yep. and everything is is just magnified more yeah. than it is every other night of the week. So go with people that can hold a conversation totally. and just, and just enjoy like, the experience. Enjoy the company. Enjoy the, the extra time and the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I, you're, just be thankful. I, what is it, that Evan, that you – like I know I have a take on this, but why? what is it that you do at home when you're cooking dinner that you don't love? Like, what is it about cooking a meal at home that you don't love? Uh, it, it's it's the uh, what's the what 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 what, what kind of logistics this? even? What so what kind of I guess I guess it's the cleanup, you know, because yep. uh, you know, making making the food is yep. can be a wonderful experience. Sometimes it can be stressful actually sure, making yes. the food because you got to get the right ingredients in yep. and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's mainly the cleanup. Now yep. I've got a pile of dishes, a pile uh-huh. of of pots and pans or whatever it is I'm making to clean up. Uh, yeah, that's a pain in the ass. So I I ask you the question because I totally agree. I'm mm-hmm. like. Even if my restaurant experience wasn't perfect, Mm -hmm. I am so thankful for that time that I went out that like I didn't have to prep and chop up vegetables on a cutting board with knives and Mm -hmm. then, you know, make those in pots and pans. And again, Mm -hmm. all this stuff after you're done eating this meal that you hopefully was good, Mm -hmm. then afterwards you're like, oh, now we got half hour of scrubbing and cleaning, putting Mm -hmm. the dishwasher, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's just that's like deflate because after you're done you're like oh man last thing i want to do is and then leaving it till next morning it's like even worse you're like oh no yep. now i gotta do this so yep. it's like that's those are the ways that we try to optimistically look at like even if your restaurant experience isn't great like at least you don't have to wash the prep or you prep the food cook it wash the dishes like mm-hmm. you're getting advantages there up and down right so i always try to look at it that way is yeah, it's not always going to be five star perfect, but at least you're winning on like these categories of like, what's my least favorite thing about cooking a meal at home? At least I'm not having to do those things, you know. Right. I don't think that they're that you're going to restaurants and washing your dishes. Maybe you are in some places, but I doubt it. Hey everyone, in the spirit of this episode of restaurants, great service, and great food, let me tell you about a place Emron and I both love. Anytime we get together. We always bring up this place. We have the fondest memories of the great staff and the excellent food. Super Torta. Super Torta has two locations, one in Portland and one in our hometown of Oregon City. 
and we have been going to this place for years. The food is always hot, always delicious, always freshly cooked, and we love it. And when you're in there, try the green hot sauce. Get yourself a glass of horchata, get yourself a big old burrito, sit back and just enjoy Super Torta. What I was going to say too is because you brought up, you know, if uh, uh, 30% of your customers are, are being a-holes or something like that, yeah. that's just far too much. And yeah. uh, and so I, I was thinking, you know, oh, well, the flip side too. And from the server pers- uh, perspective, they've got to understand that not everybody's going to be a dream and not everybody's yeah, going to be patient and stuff like that. And so, you know, those, those a-holes that come in that door know that that's going to be a certain percentage of your night. Oh, yeah. You know, put that smile on, try to give them a good experience and move on because they're going to leave at some point in time too, hopefully. Uh, So, uh, you know, I guess it depends on the situation, but hopefully they leave at some point in time and then, and then on, on to the next, Uh, you can't let those things weigh down and, and, uh, and hurt you. It's just the unfortunate truth. Uh, Newsflash, newsflash to everybody. There are assholes out there in the universe. There just are. I would (laughs) echo that and say on the other side too, wait staff is they're there to do a job. They're getting paid and yep. they have to be patient and they should be respectful and kind on their end. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think, um, you know, I also used to tell my servers like, cause they would come be like, Oh man, this, this person's, you know, whatever they would use words like in the back, they'd be like, Oh, yep. this customer's whatever X, Y, Z made mm-hmm. jokes X that I didn't think were funny or wearing a shirt that had inappropriate, something political that they didn't like, whatever. Yep. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, look, we always maximum effort treat everybody with respect we Mm -hmm. we give the same experience to every guest no matter what it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what their skin color what their religious background what their political affiliation it does not matter like they're in here respect them you know until they cross the line with you know obvious things harassment things like that but that that server also has a duty to be considerate of their guests and i totally agree it's a two-way street Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most more times the customers at fault of not yep. being. I agree but with that. Wait staff has to do the same. I'm glad you brought that up because it's not it's not all one side. It's two. Mm-hmm. Both parties are responsible to contribute to the successful relationship, right? When you go out to eat stuff like that, yeah. so. And it is a relationship, you know, I mean, these people are, are listening, taking down your exact food order and mm-hmm. communicating with the, with the cooks to get you the food and bringing it to you and cleaning up after you. So, I mean, yep. it is a definite relationship. So, um, you know, yeah. treat, treat these people with respect both ways, um, is, is our advice. Um, 100%. So, you know, you and I growing up, and we've talked about this before off mic, but you and I growing up, uh, going out to eat was a big deal. I mean, when when I was a kid personally, um, uh, you know, my mother, uh, she, she cooked us dinner virtually every single night. Uh, but there was like, all right, Saturday nights or something like that, we either got pizza delivered or we went out to eat. It was kind yeah. of like a traditional thing. And sure. um, it was her chance to like, okay, I'm not cooking tonight. My yeah. dad, you know, is not cooking tonight. <laughs> so it was like, let's go out and enjoy the evening. And it was yeah. always so special to uh, sit down try maybe something new, something like yeah. that. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, there's a special place, I think, in a lot of our hearts, and whether we really think about it or not, of that dining out experience. So 
um, you know, I'm glad we're, we're talking about this stuff. And you, you, like you said, you, you had that same, same kind of relationship. experience. Mm-hmm. I probably went out to eat less than you did. I don't know. I, I would say not, it wasn't once a week, but we would get special, you know, birthdays and stuff, but sure. whenever here and there, but my mom was totally like, she's a great cook and she would get, mm. she would cook oh, every I know. night. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and so most nights we would always eat at home, but, um, but yeah, I always thought of it as like such a special privilege experience to go out to dinner somewhere mm-hmm. and i just always thought of it as like wow this is so cool and like you know and i so again i think the reason we're mentioning is because it's different <laughs> it's different now you know you how often how, how often do you eat out now how yeah. often do you go i don't want to say I don't, I don't, <laughs> no uh i think we're a 50 50 household i yeah. think we do because life happens i think you and i talked about this today but like yep. you know we we try to cook and prep and eat at home 50 sure. percent of the time and the other 50 percent is like it's just it's tough like it's life is it you know we're all with our scheduling and and just mm-hmm. bandwidth you yeah. know it's like you don't yeah. have time to prep fresh be- vegetables and cook something from scratch every night and then like we said clean up and yep. so you, you you have to and we're lucky also evan today in today's world which we didn't have when you and i were growing up was like mm-hmm. the order ahead process the delivery yeah. at your door process yep and that changes the game too because that allows you to like two hour, you know, at 3 p.m., you'd be like, okay, we're going to eat dinner at five. What do we want to do? You know, we can get it set to pick up or we can get set to be delivered. Yeah, yeah. That's just like a game changer by itself as well. So, yeah, I think, what about you guys? I think you said you were about the same. Yeah, we're about the same, uh, yeah. especially because, you know, just like we said, busy schedules, you know, working opposite schedule with my wife yeah, yeah. and then and then yeah. uh, not to mention the, the, the kids sports and stuff that we have to do. Yeah, I mean, there's all these other reasons. Sure, we could yeah. probably be better planning ahead and and like, OK, hey, on Sundays we're cooking for the week or stuff. I know families have done that in the past where they kind of have, you know, a day of cooking and then they have the week kind of planned out and whatnot. Um, our, our biggest struggle is always what are we going to eat? It's always that. It's always like sure, yeah. what are we going to eat? What what sounds good for dinner tonight? And if we don't have a plan ahead, what ultimately happens is like, well, let's go out and get something, you know, because mm-hmm. it's getting late and we're we're don't have time to cook, you know, blah 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 blah. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's going back to like what you're saying at home. You cook that fresh stuff. It's obviously healthier, you know, all that sort of jazz. But then you can find restaurant options that are going to have healthy options as well too. Yeah. So it, which is I feel like wasn't really around when we were kids it was i mean there was probably some pretty healthy restaurants but not in the budget for my parents so it was it was you know eating going dining out you know on the real special occasion would be at the olive garden or uh you know but for the most part you know dining out was like I don't know, a, a Burger King or something like that. I mean, maybe a little bit better than that. But, sure. but it was going to be like, hey, we are going to go out. We're going to experience, um, you know, sitting down, eating together in a different location, different types of food, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about that now with my family, just how often it is and maybe not as special for my kids. You know, like, yeah. are we, did, we flood, did we flood this to where they take it for granted? And I had this very interesting uh, situation where my daughter, who is, um, you know, a nine going on 10, uh, and we sat down in a restaurant, and she was a, a little bit in a mood from something that happened before we got in that restaurant. And the server came up and, and you know, we make our kids order for themselves. We think it's gotcha. important to speak up and order for themselves. And it was, she was polite in what she said. It was how she said it. 
Gotcha. And and both, I, I looked over at my wife and she looked at me and we're very confused because that's the first time we've ever heard her treat anybody like that. Oh, wow. And, and it was just kind of like, you know, we talked to her at the, the table after the server left. I'm like, do you know what you said? She goes, what? I said, please. And I'm like, no, it was it was how you said these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we go into, again, what this whole conversation about, about treating these servers who are helping us get our food and take our mm-hmm. orders and all this stuff. Um, you know, yeah, she was scripted polite, you know, it was like, I would like this, this, and this, please, uh, you know, thank you. But it was all how she said it, that just made it seem like she was better than that person. Oh yeah. And, and we really had to go like, you know, and, and that got me my first, like, are we eating out too much? Because this is, you know, like, are we, that was kind of like one of those indicators of like, she's so used to talking to these people. Now she's thinking maybe in, in some weird primal level that she, these people served me my food i'm a little bit better than them and we kind of had to put her in her place like yeah they're human beings and they're doing Mm -hmm. a job and hopefully they're Mm -hmm. doing it great and getting us Mm -hmm. our food and you got to treat these people nice you know it's just there's no other option the last thing i'll say is is just it it, you talked about retention you talked about Mm -hmm. being people being understaffed and everybody's also like why can't they find people to work here you know like why are you know it's like think about working in those conditions sometimes like Mm -hmm you know, behind a counter, in a kitchen, whatever, it's like, if you're not getting paid the most, the most uh, spectacular hourly wage, and you're Mm -hmm. not doing the most work or line of work. And on top of that, you're dealing with people who are short and quick and, and unappreciative. Mm -hmm. That's that equals people who don't want to work in those industries anymore. They're like, you know, they're going to go look elsewhere. And so, that's a re- that's a recipe for why we're facing employment issues in the hospitality business because yeah. it's not the most glamorous work it doesn't pay the most glamorous wages and then you have the unappreciative side, other side of it of people coming in and not being aware of their surroundings and treating yeah. people shortly and not well and not respectful and so yeah why would you you know if you're if you're a person who's looking at that industry and you're like oh they're going to pay me this wage and i have to you know, work here in this confined area and do this stuff and clean for 75% of what I do. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not, I mean, again, look, if, if you have a change in culture and approach to the society where people are like genuinely nice and they're like, it's a fun environment and they're like appreciative and they're like, this is amazing. This food is awesome. Thank you so much. It's all, it's more positive than negative. Mm-hmm. Then maybe we can change the dynamic of people are going to be like, yeah, I love working here. Like, I make people's day. They, they're thankful. They talk to me. I learn about people. I meet new people, you know, have mm-hmm. conversations. So that to me is the wholesale change that needs to take place is like under both sides, understanding each other better being considerate of the other. But I think changing the complexion of like what it's like to get a job at like Taco Bell, like, I don't know what they pay or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, that person is just getting repetitive bursts of conversation that are not that are impersonal and i think that's going into the it's feeding into the people that don't want to be there long they're like after a couple like this sucks like i'm get treated like garbage Mm -hmm. i do the same remedial tasks i have to clean a lot i don't get paid with glamorous wage like i'm gonna look for something else you know and i have to hire another person another person so whereas that person could be like wow people are like so nice to me where i work people are so the customers are awesome to me and they're appreciative and i feel like i get somewhere and make a difference you know like there's a dynamic shift so yeah that it's a complex issue and you know 
I think one person at a time, we can go in there and try to change somebody's day and they can go and be like, wow, that person was so nice. And remember that yeah. experience. And hopefully that keeps them there longer and increases the desire, the attractiveness of those positions that work yeah. behind a counter or in a kitchen, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, in Oregon, uh, surfers get paid, um, uh, you know, on or above minimum and then, and then tips are on top of that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cause I believe in Arizona and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's the same way, but it's, it's kind of, it's different. They get paid below minimum wage and then the tips bring them up above mm-hmm. the minimum. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> you know, that is, uh, that is, that's something else, you know, it is. like, uh, you know, you talk about glamorous wage. We'll, we'll talk about it down there. You know, you're, you're not even getting anywhere close to a glamorous wage. If you have to work for those tips in order to get something functional you know like Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's tough so let's talk about tips i i guess i'll lead into that sure um uh i know a lot of these places you know they'll put a automatic tip especially if your 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 group is is large enough and kind of the average is what 18 percent tip is kind of what you see for those like uh additional add-ons Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I personally, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this out kind of 20% has always kind of been my minimum unless mm-hmm. the service was, was, a, you know, just atrocious. But I, I don't think I've ever not given a tip. I mean, it could be like the worst service in the world. Never once but, in my life. Yes. But I, I've still given a tip yep. in some capacity. So, yep. um, uh, you know, I, I just, again, we go back to these are human beings and everybody's allowed to have a bad day and everybody's yeah. allowed to, uh, y- you know, uh, be frustrated with whatever it is. That's a human emotion, just like everybody has. And sometimes it bleeds into our work, even the best mm-hmm. of us in any profession, it bleeds into our work. Um, and then it just so happens that these people are, are in that service business where they are right there in front of the customer. And so, you know, keep that in mind. Um, you know, if you're a frequent person of that particular restaurant and you frequently get that server and they're frequently treating you like trash. Well, that's a different, that's a different uh, yeah. thing, but a, a one-off, you know, like I, I've never understood, like you didn't tip, like what mm-hmm. is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, these people are doing a lot for you, whether, you know, they're, they're screwing up or not. They're, 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 Again, they're that communication line. They're giving you the food. They're they're you know cleaning up after you and making sure that you're satisfied and your drink cup is filled and all these sorts of things. Uh, you know, tip and tip appropriately. If you can't afford to tip or you don't tip, don't go out to eat. That's all. No. That's just my general. I mean, it's as simple as I can put it. Like, you just you don't. That's that's a part of the the experience, the the cost, the process, what yep. you're doing. So yeah. that's. That's where I totally agree with you. There's a minimum there. Even if if the service is just really, really subpar, if the server was disrespectful and short and and didn't try to correct a mistake, if there was a mistake, and again, I'm I'm going to be the person that respectfully points out something that came out wrong or yeah. whatever. Um, because typically my wife doesn't eat meat, so if something comes out with meat, we're like, hey, we didn't order this, or it came out wrong. Uh-huh. And if the server's like, you know, doesn't do anything, or still charges us for it, and uh-huh. doesn't replace or doesn't, then we still always tip, like yeah. we still always do, because that person's trying to make a living or whatever. They weren't perfect, but it doesn't. I mean, that's where people are like, well, I'm not leaving, you know, any money for this person, and it's like they still did serve you, they still did your dishes, they still, yeah. you know, like that 
process still existed, right? Yeah. So you well, always... you might get those people too. They're like, well, that's what they're getting paid for. It's like, yeah, that's their job that they're getting paid for. Sure. But uh, you know that that tip is is expected uh, mm-hmm. as part of that person's wage and salary you know so yep. um you know if you're if you're withholding some of their money they they got they wanted that position because they knew i was going to earn this plus extra like mm-hmm. that is why they're there working and stuff and if you're withholding that extra just because of a uh you know like your example uh, and not saying that you've done this but just your example oh i ordered this without meat and it came with meat in it um, you know, like you respectfully tell that person they correct it. Now you're going to withhold tip. It's like, that's, that's not necessarily no. bad service. That just was one little flub that happened and it was corrected, you know? So exactly. I, I've just never understood. I I've heard people, uh, like say this, like, well, I never, I'm not going to tip them or I didn't tip that, you know, like well, you, yeah. t- you tip that person. I didn't do it. And I'm like, yeah, what's yeah, wrong yeah. with you? You know, uh-huh. like, uh, what the, what is going you on? You want to talk there? about inconsideration? That's yeah. probably one of the most inconsiderate things in society. In my opinion uh-huh. is, is going out for a sit down restaurant and yeah. not leaving gratuity. That's one of the most yeah. inconsiderate things you can do. It's just, it's just not acceptable. It's like, it's what is a part of what you, the, it's what you signed up for. Like, yeah. if you don't want to tip, then you should, you know, you should drive through Chick-fil-A. Like, you should, yeah. you should go yeah. to dinner, some, go out to a different dining experience than sitting down yeah. and have being waited on, custom, you know, like a customized experience, like at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You should go elsewhere and do it differently. Like, go to, yeah. go to a, go to a Subway or Chipotle or something like that, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you order something and came out wrong and sent back, and when they brought out your new food, there was a nice big turd on your plate, then maybe you could skip out on tip. But other than that, <laughs> you almost know how to take it a little bit too to the yeah, yeah, yeah. purpleize the situation. Nice, Evan. Oh man. Well, Emron, um, you know, uh, as, as we as we do when we're dining out, uh, we we pay our bill and leave our tip. So what a what an appropriate uh, uh, thing to to leave the show on. Uh, is there anything else that you want to throw out there for people to consider when they go dining out and they have that experience? I, I guess my last advice would just be enjoy the experience. Like you know, like we we take it like you said earlier, we take it for granted, especially with how often we go out to eat. Sometimes um, just enjoy that experience. It's that's yeah. part of the reason why you go and dine out is to have an experience. So enjoy it. It's a part of your holiday experience. Yeah. And, you know, oh yeah. To factor in. Uh, being, you know, kind to people, respectful, and maybe if you have an extra five, ten, twenty dollars in your pocket, you can say, "Hey, I want to tip that cook back there that's working so hard, made awesome food." And you know, that's that's again, it's it is a it is a job that is important, necessary, not glamorous. They don't get to see the customers. They just do a really great job back there. They're like unsung heroes. So, like mm-hmm. again, with the holidays around the corner. Get, have some holiday spirit too, like just and kind of integrate that into your approach to maybe you know how you talk to people, treat people, tip people, whatever. So yeah. that, would, that would be my last thing that I would say to co- consider that means a part of making somebody's day or week. Being like, wow, they especially like tip this cook extra because it was like such a f- fantastic lunch I had or something. You know? Yeah, great. So, oh, I like yeah. it. We often don't tip our cooks, so that would be yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's great advice. <laughs> 
All right, Mr. Emron, uh, again, right. thank you for your input. Thank you for your time. And everybody, uh, I mean, Emron already said it at the top of the show. I'll say it right here. Make sure you're taking a look around once in a while. I love it. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much. In Consideration with me, Evan Johnson. Produced, mixed, engineered, all by me, Evan Johnson. Theme song by the enormously talented Dr. Mark Adams. Thanks, Mark. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and I just might read it on a future episode. Got a question? Email me at inconsideration.podcasts at gmail.com, and it too may be read on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to In Consideration wherever your fine podcasts are downloaded. <laughs>